Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Everybody, Dr. Tom Miller here, and I wanted to share a story with you. You know, if you've been if you've been listening to us for a while, uh, whether it's on our podcast or one of our other uh, training programs, you know, you know that one of the keys for me was when I wrote my dissertation on the characteristics of effective charter schools. Now, it's a big page turner. I know you've all read it, <laughs> but you know, when I participated in that in that dissertation study, you know, I traveled across North Carolina to visit the highest performing schools, the highest performing schools who said yes, you know, to my ask. And my ask was, um, you know, could I spend a couple of days on your campus and, um, and, you know, interview you and, 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 and really, really understand, you know, why is your school great? You know, why is your school effective? And so during that, you know, process, uh, one, of the, one of the leaders who said yes, her name was Joy Warner. And Joy Warner is the founder of Community School of Davidson. It's a K-12 uh, public charter school in uh, Davidson, North Carolina. And um, it's, it's maybe one of the most unique learning environments that I've ever walked through. And um, I'm going to, so this lesson, <laughs> this lesson are five leadership principles I've learned from Joy Warner, the founder of the school. Um, and I really want to share this because Joy's made a tremendous impact on my life. And I know she's impacted tens of thousands, you know, by now during her career, um, not only as a, uh, you know, founding principal of Community School of Davidson, but also she was a teacher. Um, just, she's a mom, just a great, you know, human being. So these were, these were five principles that I learned. And now make sure that you you download the uh, show notes. I have added a link down here in the notes. Make sure you get a copy of the show notes. Download the workbook, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take you through these these five uh, principles that I've learned from Joy. So let's get started, shall we? So the first principle is that building relationships is the key to becoming a leader of influence. Right? Building relationships is the key. That's not new to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> We've you've heard that, and 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 so my first meeting with Joy was um, uh, I was there uh, to interview her, but a high school student happened to come in, and he was you know there to take uh, it was over the summertime, and he was there to take some assessments, and so you know he thought he was there for his uh, placement assessments for his uh, his uh, classes. And he walked by, and Joy kind of leaned in. She goes, "Well, he uh, thinks here. He thinks he's here to take some tests. But really, what we're doing is we're getting to know him through some interest inventories and interest surveys. So then we're going to call some of our current CSD students who are going to, you know, and we're going to set up some opportunities, almost like play dates for high school kids. <laughs> so when he comes on the first day of school, he's." He's not really the new kid, you know. He knows other people because, you know, charter schools don't have school districts. You know, the entire state is our school district. So, I mean, what an amazing, right? This is her first step. I'm like, wow. Like, this is, it, you know, this is normal. Like, I never had an orientation like this, right? The orientation was, you know, you came, you got some piece of paper, and you and you moved on, right? And you, But, I mean, Joy's orientation was, hey, let's get to know the person. Let's, let's really build the relationship here. Um, you know, so, you know, she had this group of students as well. She has groups of teachers who are the vision carriers and the vision casters of Community School of Davidson. And so, you know, she she relies on these leaders that she's built up in the school through building relationships and influence to be her voice. Right. So here's one of her voices that she wants. I want new kids coming to our school 
not feeling like the new kid, right? What amazing piece. And so, so you know, the lessons around this here is to, to multiply your influence, you have to learn to connect with others in mutually productive ways, right? So just, you know, you know, think about this. Who's a leader in your life that you admire? Who's a leader, you know, just, you know, think of that person. And think about those traits, right? Those traits that they have and, and how have they connected with you in, in mutually productive ways. You know, your best chance for leadership really depends upon your ability to connect with those in your team, right? So if there is a leader that you admire and it's someone that you've worked with and, you know, personally, it was their ability to connect with you that really drew you to them. And so there's five characteristics that are very necessary in building relationships. Number one is respect. Okay, number one is respect. Everything begins with a desire to place value on other people, right? You have to show respect before it's warranted, uh, but expect to earn it from everybody, right? So high expectations, right? But also declare noble intent in valuing everybody. Number two is shared experiences, shared experiences. This is connecting with others, right? It engenders loyalty and brings about a sense of togetherness between uh, teammates, right? I mean, think about, you know, when you're, when you're battling through the hard times of the school year, right? If you're listening to this, this is in February. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> these are tough times, right? So you're, that togetherness, that camaraderie is what's going to build those relationships. Their third is trust. Trust is essential to all good relationships. And leaders build trust by living a life of character, right? I always say charisma gets you through the door, but character is going to keep you in the room. The fourth is reciprocity. And there has to be a give and take so that everybody benefits, right? As well as gives. And by giving people your full attention, you truly show them that you really do care about them. And the last one is mutual enjoyment. So just being with the right people can make anything enjoyable. It doesn't matter how awful the activity might be. Just being with the right you know, person makes a difference. So those are five characteristics that are necessary in order to build relationships. Now, there's some barriers to relationships, right? Because relationships is the, is the key to building influence. And, and so one is fear, right? Fear. So, you know, um, the fear of having a relationship, right? The fear of getting too close, right? The, you know, the fear of sharing, um, you know, or, you know, the, the fear of holding someone, someone accountable, the fear of having that hard conversation, right? I mean, you know, I can, I can like somebody, but I might not tell them, you know, what they're doing to, you know, impact me, right? Or impact our team. But that's actually, you know, having me lose credibility as a leader, which has happened to me many times. I'm sure it's happened to you. Uh, time, you know, I don't have the time to build relationships. Uh, you know, I, there's you know too much work to do, <laughs> right? We're always so busy. Stop letting your busyness, right, get in the way of your influence and success. The next is um, self-centeredness, right? This is just all about me, me, me. And so, you know, leadership is about, you know, um, if you're watching on our YouTube page, it's it's about the other person, right? It's, 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 it's leaning in, right? And then, you know, you know, learning in the, you know, information, right? Leadership always goes outside in. You got to see things from other people's perspective. And the last one is a failure to understand and appreciate differences. And so the more that you can understand other people, right, which I love our disc personality profile, it really helps me better understand other people, how they're wired, how their personality impacts them, right, or, or where they're from, right? So you use our form, family, occupation, recreation, mission. Yes, those four types of questions about their family, about their occupation or organization, uh, about their recreation, what do they do for fun, their mission, why do they get up in the morning, right? You, you talk to people about those things, you're going to start to find and build connecting, um, you know, you're going to start connecting on common ground, uh, but, and, but you're also going to understand, you know, differences, right? Of, of what they can or cannot experience. And that failure to acknowledge similarities, right? If you treat every person you meet as if they were the most important person in the world, right, then you will communicate that they are something important to you, okay? And alas, is ego, right? So those, so those six, fear, time, self-centeredness, failure to understand and appreciate differences, there to acknowledge similarities and ego. These are six barriers to building relationships, which could be impacting 
your overall influence, right? And if you've done any work with us and you know about our relationship compass, right? The relationship uh, compass says that every room I enter, I'm at a different level of influence with everybody in the room, all based upon my ability to gain their permission through building trust and relationship to lead them. So five things you need to understand about people. Go ahead and write these down. Number one, everybody wants to be somebody. Everybody wants to be somebody. Two, no one, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Three, everybody needs somebody. Number four, everybody can be somebody when somebody understands and believes her. And the last one, anybody who helps somebody influences a lot of bodies. So what action step will you take in terms of building relationships? And we have this really great uh, program called School Leadership Made Real Simple, the real relationships equipping attitude leadership. We've got five really powerful lessons on relationships. Um, so if you're looking, right, if you don't have an action plan to build relationships or or like a step, right? That's a step. Go to go to schoolleadershipmaderealsimple.com. Schoolleadershipmaderealsimple.com, all one word, um, and you can you know you could build into that you know program. It's 20 leadership lessons and 12 months of live group uh, coaching to help you grow your leadership uh, at a very very small personal investment to you. So that was the first thing I learned from Joy about that you know relationships uh, are that key to building influence. Let's look at Principle number two, uh, to grow and improve my school, I have to continue to grow and improve myself, right? To grow my school, I have to grow myself. And so there's, um, there was this you know, story that I read about uh, Theodore Roosevelt. And when he, when he died, um, when they were, you know, he uh, died in his sleep. And so when they were, um, you know, uh, taking his uh, body away and starting to clean up his room, they had found a, a book under his pillow. Um, and, and the story goes, you know, the old lion is dead is what the, you know, is what the message about. But, but, you know, the old lion is dead is, is the sentence that his son wired to his, you know, siblings the moment that he received the news of his father's uh, death. And right under his pillow was a book that he was reading. And he was alive in his curiosity all the way to the point of his death. He was studying and consuming all the knowledge he could until the very last moment. An open testament of his resolve and proof to the firmness of his character. And when I read that, I was like, oh, that's joy. If you know joy, she always has a book. She's always sharing a book. She is just consuming books. But what I love about Joy is not that she just, you know, consumes, you know, regular self-help books and, you know, professional books. You know, she reads everything. But she's always sharing, but you can always tell that she's applying the content, right? She's applying the content. And it's really because Joy understands the law of the lid, okay, the law of the lid. This is John Maxwell's first law of his 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And so the law of the lid is, is that your, your leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness. Your leadership ability is the lid that determines your effectiveness. So your, your ability always determines your effectiveness and the potential impact on your organization or the team that you lead, right? So if you had a visual, um, right? So if you were, if you, if you were a, a dedication, right? If you were like a dedicated eight out of 10, like I, I work really hard, I'm really busy, I'm constantly like on the move and I'm trying to, trying to improve, right? I'm dedicated to it. But if your leadership ability was only a one, right, out of 10, and if you were to make a, um, a line graph out of that, right, you know, an L graph, I got, a, I got an eight on my X axis, but I got a one on my Y axis, I'm not really going very far. I'm working really hard, but I'm not really going very far. Another way to look at it is if you take one hand up top, right? If this is a 10 out of 10, you know, way up top if you're watching YouTube, but, you know, you know, but as a leadership, I'm only a five, right? And so, so my organization 
will never grow above that five. It's always going to be a four. I can work as hard as I want. I can work as hard as I want. I can be dedicated. I can be loyal. I can work, you know, 16, 18 hours a day. But if I'm not growing and improving as a leader, I'm not really getting any better results. Nor is my organization. Because I'm the cap, right? I'm the cap on them. But if I grow my leadership, right, do that same, um, you know, uh, uh, graph, if I'm still an eight in dedication, but now I'm a seven when it comes to leadership, like, I, you know, I can fill in a lot more, you know, a lot, you know, a lot more space, a lot more lines. Because now I'm growing my capacity, right? I'm, I'm, you know, growing my ability to grow the organization. And confidence is preparation, right? And there's this old saying that champions don't become champions in the ring. They are merely recognized there. And if you want to see where someone becomes a champion, you have to look at their daily routine. Every person with natural talent and ability still has to practice every day. And so this idea of practicing uh, can be implemented in any aspect of your life. Now, if you're responsible for, um, you know, whatever the most important parts of your job are, right? So, you know, I'm a business owner, right? But I'm also, you know, an acting principal. So I have to be really good at developing people, you know, strategizing, seeing problems ahead of time, right? Putting people in the right positions, all of those places, right? So I've got to practice that on a daily basis. I also do talks and I do speeches, right? So I can't just wing at every speech. I got to, if I, you know, if I have 10 minutes to do a talk, it may take me a couple months to prepare my best 10 minutes, right? I mean, comedians, if you think about a, any comedian, if you've watched like the Jerry Seinfeld documentary or, you know, read the Steve Martin books, like, like they will practice a routine in small clubs for months in order to get the best 30 to 45 minute show. And then they go on live. We watched them on Netflix, right? They go on live. And now that, that you know, routine can never be used again, right? They can't just go back out and do the same routine again because everybody's seen it. But they prepared for months for that best 45 minutes. I mean, when's the last time that you set aside practice time to help you get better at something important to you? When's the last time you spent five minutes just thinking about how you could improve certain aspects of your, of your leadership? Whether it's personal leadership or professional leadership. We've got individuals that'll, that'll spend, you know, countless hours planning a vacation, but they won't spend any time planning the life. Your success can be found in your daily agenda. What you do every day, consistency compounds. So if you're just running around on the hamster wheel on a daily basis without reflecting and evaluating and learning and asking questions and unlearning and relearning new ways to do it, you'll get what you always got. And that might be okay for you, but it's not for Joy. She's always growing. She knows, she understands, right? So there's five phases of learning. And phase one is, I don't know what I don't know. Few individuals think of themselves as leaders. And as long as a person doesn't realize the importance of leadership and overall success, he's not going to intentionally grow. I don't know what I don't know, right? It's phase one. Phase two is I know that I need to know, right? This is Things aren't where I want them to be. I, I'm raising my awareness. I know that I need to know how to do something better. So at some point, we become aware that we need to learn how to lead, right? I need to, I need to lead myself. I'm the hardest person in, in the world to lead, right? Leading me is hard. I'm trying to lead all aspects of my life, my health, my wealth, my my uh, relationships, right? My, my, you know, finances, my growing my business and, you know, improving the schools that I, you know, you know, there's all these things that I'm trying to lead myself, to, you know, to be better at. This is called failing forward. You know, I'm all about, you gotta, you gotta marry the mission. You gotta date the plan. <laughs> I know I'm going to screw up, but that's important, right? That's part of learning. Phase three is, I know what I don't know. 
right? I know what I don't know. So this is where you're like, okay, <laughs> that's where my error is, right? Whatever that might be. It might have been your communication. It might have been your understanding. It may have been, you know, even maybe part of your strategy or, you know, something was broken. Whatever it is, now I know what I don't know. If we do not improve at leadership, our careers will eventually get bogged down. During this phase, you, you develop a plan for personal growth in those areas where you need improvement. Now I know. I know where I needed to grow, right? And for me, it was stopping trying to be so productive in your leadership and start learning how to build teams and get production through others, right? Phase four is I know and grow and it starts to show. So when you recognize where your skills are lacking and you begin a daily discipline of personal growth, exciting things start to happen. You start becoming an effective leader. However, you have to think about every move you make, right? I know and grow and it starts to show, right? So now I'm like, oh, now I'm getting that momentum. Now I'm starting to see some better results. And phase five is I simply go because of what I know. And your ability to lead becomes almost automatic. You develop great instincts, which results in incredible payoffs. However, the only way to get there is through the, the law of process. And you've got to pay the price through hours of work and sacrifice. You know, Joy, Joy Warner didn't just open, open Community School of Davidson uh, 20 years ago as a K-2 school, and everything was right in place, right? <laughs> She didn't have a wait list of 5,000 like she does now. She didn't have hundreds of staff members. She didn't have thousands of kids in her school. She didn't have uh, uh, tens of thousands of volunteer hours per year. She, you know, she didn't have millions of dollars in order to, to, um, to, to, to you know, build that high school and not have to fill it with kids in year one. She had to learn how to do all that. It didn't just happen. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Joy's not lucky. She's a grower. She knows that she needs to grow. So you got to grow as a leader. So it's, it's your capacity to develop and improve your skills that are going to dis distinguish you from your followers. This is the difference between leaders and followers. It's their ability to grow their leadership capacity and improve. All right? So... Uh, I believe, right, that you need to spend every uh, week, right, look, look to grow 1% every week, 1%. And after even two weeks of vacation over a year, right, if I grew 1% a week for a year, I'm going to be 50% better a leader than I was when I started, even if I take a two-week vacation. And I'm going to give you the formula. It's really easy. You could just use these three questions. What went well? What went wrong? What role did I have in that problem? And what am I going to do differently? It's three in a bonus question. <laughs> what went well? What went wrong? What am I going to do differently? And then you're going to ask yourself, what role did I have in that problem? And that, you, you, you journal on that, you reflect on that, my friend, and you are going to be accelerating your leadership. So, do you have a personal plan for growth? That's the question I'm asking. Do you have a personal plan for growth? Right? So, every single day, I learn by asking questions. I learn by reflection through those questions I asked you. Uh, I learn through observing, by valuing people, and then loving them, listening to them learning from them, and then leading them, right, every single day. And I also stay in my strength zones. I know my strength zones, you take our disc, you know, personality profile, and it gives you this really great strengths indicator, tells you what you're good at, and what you should stay away from, and, you know, so I know I'm really great at being creative. I'm great at influencing. I'm great at, you know, directing. I'm great at persisting, and that's it. <laughs> the rest of the stuff, no good. No good at all. So, no, I'm average at best. But, I stay in that those three to four uh, strengths. That's where I spend my day. If I am if I am out of those areas, I procrastinate, right? And I don't like it, and I avoid, and it's not fun, and it takes me too long. I hate it. So stay in your strengths. Get better every day. So do you have a personal plan for growth? If your answer is no, 
um, I highly recommend that you hop into one of our uh, personal growth uh, pro, uh, programs. We have our school leadership made real simple, which I've already talked about. Uh, we have our empowerment mentoring program, which is uh, 12 really powerful lessons about you know personal growth. Um, so you could go to our website, lbleaders.com, and you could go to our store, and you could check out all the digital programs that we have. Or you could just email me at tom at lbleaders.com. I'd be happy to talk you through and, and, and help you know better understand what your long-term goals are and what you want to achieve. And I could you know build a personal growth uh, program for you, right? Be your coach, be your accountability partner, and help you achieve those goals. So that's number two. Are we learning anything yet? Is this any good? I don't know. Tell me in the chat box. Give me a yes, it's good, or a like. Make sure, make sure you're uh, subscribed, right? Drop some comments in here and let me know how it's going. All right, so let's look at number three. Uh, lesson three that I learned from Joy is I significantly impact others, right? To, to significantly impact others, I have to intentionally grow more leaders, right? So not only did Joy understand I have to grow myself, but to really impact, I have to grow other people. And so with, with accomplishment, comes a growing pressure to pretend that we know more than what we do, right? To pretend that we know everything. And if there's one thing I know from Joy, she has no problems telling other people, I don't know, I'm not really sure how to do that, but I've got some really talented people around me that can help you. I mean, it's really funny when people in any situation are embarrassed when they don't know. You know, believe me, your team already knows what you're good at and what you're not you know, good at, right? That's, that's why they ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> they're aware that you don't know and and I get you know I know the joy I'm going to give you the permission and I know joy would I uh, gave you the permission to say I do not know but it's going to be so fun learning together and that's and that's where she builds her team right she finds just good values-based oriented people who have skill sets different from her right who who have high uh, uh, opportunity for capacity uh, building and, and she just pours into them she pours into them she holds them up right she lifts them up when things go wrong and um, never 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 lets them quit on themselves I'm just uh, uh, you know honestly um, one of the best programs that I've seen Joy do is that um, she's always really thinking about how she can develop the leadership capacity of her people. And I was blown away by this program. It's genius, um, and it's not expensive. So, you know, as uh, school leaders, you're going to want to pay attention to this one. Uh, so Joy, every start of the year, she has this opportunity for any teachers or any other staff members to apply to be administrators for the day. I don't know the exact name of the program, but, you know, basically the premise is one day every month, You'll t she'll take you out of the classroom, you know, get a substitute for your classroom, and you'll be an administrator, right? So you'll be investigating all the things that administrators do, right? Or, you know, maybe you're observing in classrooms or calling parents, right? Or, like, investigating who, you know, puts a tennis ball in the toilet, you know, things like that, right? That's what, that's what she does. That's, that's, you know, what that, you know, what that person does. And so... What Joy was was explaining, she's like, you know, and they do everything we do. They they uh, participate in the blogs and the communication, and and she, you know, she, you know, she says halfway through the year, like you start to see uh, people who are excited to be maybe admins and take that next level, and and some people are like, oh my God, no, I wouldn't want to do this job, but they uh, finish off the year, and what she's done is she's created twelve vision carriers and vision casters in her organization. You know, people who have sat in big-time administrative meetings, who are part of big decisions. And now when they're at the water cooler or, where, you know, if they're in a grade-level meeting and someone starts kind of, you know, kind of, you know, how they sometimes teachers like to complain about stuff, they're there to be, you know, Joy's voice when she's not in the meeting. Or they're there to explain some of the bigger picture items. They get this massive outside-of-the-box outside view of the school when normally you know teachers just see in their classroom but for you know what what is a hundred dollars for a sub so for twelve hundred dollars a year for these twelve you know people so fourteen fifteen thousand dollars it's an amazing professional development program where she's growing leaders inside and giving people an opportunity to take that next step another opportunity is the fresh take conference right and the fresh take conference is where i'll be 
where I've, you know, shared this lesson for the first time. And so, you know, at the Fresh Take Conference, this is a conference put on by teachers for teachers that Joy's been running for almost a decade now. It's another way to build capacity, right? Everything for the teachers. It's not about Joy. She doesn't need to be out in front. So six reasons for you to build a team. One, teams involve more people, right? Thus affording more resources, ideas, and energy than any one individual could do by themselves. And this is where I just didn't know, right? I just really struggled um, as a principal and, and as a business owner when I first started. Two, teams maximize the leader's potential and minimize their weaknesses, right? Strengths and weaknesses are more exposed in individuals, but the more people you build a team that completes, and, you know, someone on that team is going to be able to handle that job. Uh, teams provide multiple perspectives on how to meet or need or reach a goal. Right. So thus, you know, devising several alternatives for every situation. Uh, teams share the credit for the victories and the blames for their losses. And this fosters genuine humility and authentic community. Team leaders, teams keep leaders accountable for the goal. <laughs> right. It's hard to just jump all over the place. It's easy to do when you're an individual. But when you're a team, they can hold you. Hey, we were just talking about that plan yesterday. Where did that, you know, where did that plan go? And teams can simply do more than an individual, right? So if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, you got to build a team. Got to build a team. So here's your, here's your challenge, right? Here's your challenge for the week is how many projects can you give away this week, right? How many people could you build uh, uh, capacity in? And, 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 you know, John uh, Maxwell uses this 10-80-10 method, right? So that means the first 10% is him. He says he's casting the vision. This is what I want it to look like. The next 80% is the person that he gave it to his you know, job to, to work towards that vision. Now, you might be checking in during that 80% of work and making sure that they're on track, right? But you don't do anything because you don't want to diminish them. And then, then they give it to you and you do the last 10%, right? You, you uh, put the cherry on top. You, you, know, you make it a little bit better. Or maybe you don't have to do it at all. And here's how this works, right? Uh, you're going to get really clear, really clear on what you are required to do on a daily basis. Now, you're responsible for everything, principles, but you're not required to do it all. So at the end of every day, you say, what's something I did today that I don't need to do tomorrow? And then and you're going to go through that list and you're going to start you know, putting people's names next, next, uh, next to the work, right? And then you're going to say, hey, Tom, um, I got a really important task. You're going to be great at it because you're so good at, you know, detail or, you know, whatever. And so tomorrow, you know, at 12 o'clock, come in my office because I'm going to start showing you how to do this, right? So the first step is you're going to model how to do it. You're going to model how to do it. And then and then the next time that it happens again, you know, you and Tom are, you know, doing it again. But now, you know, Tom's kind of doing it and you're watching him, right? Or you're collaborating. You're doing it together. Step three is Tom does it, and now you're coaching Tom, right? So it went from, I, you know, I was doing it and you watch me, to now you're doing it and I'm coaching you. I'm helping you, right? I'm, I'm you know, helping raise your awareness. Step four is now Tom does it by himself. And step five is now Tom goes find someone else to teach how to do it, right? That's multiplying leadership. That's building capacity in your team. So through this method, like you're – you know, you're putting in, you know, 20% of the time for those first, you know, three steps, right? So you want to find your top 20% people and invest a lot of your time into those, to those first, you know, three steps and really multiply the organization, right? And the more that you do that, the more that you grow, the more do you start working yourself out of a job, the more you're going to find yourself free to really do the most important things of your role, Right? The things that the organization gets the greatest return when you do them in your strength zone. Now, there's going to be bumps in the road. Nobody's going to get anything 100% right the first time. And, 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 you know, but it's okay, right? It's okay. Let them fail forward. Help them and coach them through the process. So my next question is, do you have a plan of growth for your team? Do you have a cohesive team? We have a, a great program called, um, uh, uh, you know, the seven steps to building a cohesive team. I mean, a critical, critical, you know, skill that every leader has to know. Or, again, our school leadership made a real simple program uh, will also help you 
um, in my equip. So if you don't have a, a plan of growth for your team, or I love doing mastermind uh, mastermind groups uh, with you know teams. Right now I'm doing one on you know developing a leader within you, or we've done 17 laws of teamwork, and and you know, we've done tons of you know book studies, mastermind book studies with you know teams to really really grow teams all together. I mean a leader must really know the way and show the way. It's such a it's such a critical skill for them to be able to do. And Joy, I mean, she more than anybody, you know, does this, right? So this is our fourth, our fourth principle that Joy has taught me. Let me get some water here. So leaders have to know the way and show the way. So when Community School of Davidson was a K-8 school, a very successful one, then they expanded to high school. This is when I met Joy. This was the first year that I met her. And um, I was in this beautiful, amazing building. Hopefully you, you, you've had a chance to see it. And I'm in this school. I mean, it's just you know, gorgeous. And I was you know, working in that charter school. So I you know, understood the, the uh, capital of it in terms of you know, uh, you know, the county doesn't build your building. You've got to find your own money to be able to build the building. And so this building was amazing. And I asked, um, how many kids will this building hold? She goes, oh, well, I don't know, five or 600. I can't remember. So well, how many will be here next year? She goes, only a hundred. I said, only a hundred. Like, how can you afford that? She goes, yeah, we can't. But she goes, there's just no way I could just fill this just to pay it. You see, Joy had a vision, and she knew that if she brought in, even though her wait list was thousands and thousands of thousands of kids, but she had a vision of what she wanted high school to look like, and she knew that it wouldn't get there unless she, she grew with the school. So she left her comfort zone, which was elementary school, and she became the high school principal, right? Founder of the school to do it because she wanted to ensure that this high school grew correctly, right? Model the way and show the way. It's the law of the big picture. People don't do what people say. People do what people see. People do what people see. And Joy is that model. I mean, she is she is that vulnerability. Like when I think of the word vulnerable, I think of Joy. She, um, she, you can always tell, right, how she feels. She she has one of those leaky faces that you know we say, right? She she wears her emotions, but she does it in the most authentic, vulnerable way. She models relationships. She models personal growth. And when leaders show the way, the right way with their with the right actions, their followers copy them and succeed. No written word nor spoken plea can teach our youth what they should be. Not all the books in the shelves, it's what the teachers are themselves. Basketball legendary coach John Wooden said that. Joy's a teacher. She models the way, she shows the way. And it's easier to tell people to do what's right rather than to actually do what's right, right? I mean, nothing's more confusing than people who give good advice but set a bad example. You ever work with one of those people? <laughs> you don't want to spend a lot of time with them, do you? And I, I just recall Joy, you know, telling me about a, you know, a teacher she was coaching and, and she was working through some challenges and it just... It just wasn't going well. But it's a really, really good, you know, teacher. Joyce said, and she said, you know, you know, I had to, I had to really ask myself, is, is my goal to, to, to be right, or to get it right? You see, that's what modeling the way is. It's not about being right. It's about getting it right. You know, getting it right for kids, getting it right for your teachers, getting it right for your organization. And the greatest gift that a leader can give is being a good example. If you've watched our lesson on the relationship compass, you're in the middle of that compass, right? If you draw a circle, you put a dot right in the middle, you're the center of your relationship compass. And the first question in leadership that you have to ask yourself is, would I follow me? Now, 15 years ago, I would have never followed me. <laughs> I was a mess. I didn't know I was a mess, but I was a mess. And you have to be able to answer that question with a very solid yes. Would I follow me? 
Do I demonstrate the attributes and the character that I want my leader to have? That's tough. Look yourself in the mirror and do it, right? So, would I have followed me? So give yourself a character audit um, and really take it a look in the mirror because that, that competition, that, that issue that you might be having right now in leadership might not be someone else. They could be staring at you every single morning. So, would I follow me? That's your, that's your challenge question for this one. All right, number five. Here we go, last one. Joy has 100%, 100% clarity. Vision and values. She knows exactly what she wants, and she knows exactly how people should behave. Now, it, here's some great vision quotes, you know, for you. I love vision. I think vision is so, so, so important. It's difficult to see when you have yet to open your eyes. That's Dr. Tom Miller. I said that once, and I wrote it down. I, I just really like it. It's hard to see when you've yet to open your eyes, right? That's awareness. How about this one? If the vision isn't clear then the mists of your mind will eventually become the fog in your organization. If the vision isn't clear, then the mist in your mind will eventually become a fog in your organization. Andy Stanley said that. I've been foggy. I've had that fog. It's no good. Here's your next one. Uncertainty is leadership malpractice. Uncertainty is leadership malpractice. Mark Cole said that. He's the... Uh, he's. Um, John Maxwell's right-hand man. He's the president of all John, John Maxwell's companies. Uncertainty is leadership malpractice. And, and he'll say, say, you know, it's okay to be unclear. It's never okay to be uncertain. Right? Uh, here, how about this one? Clarity in the vision must come before strategy. Clarity in the vision must come before strategy. And last but not least, without vision, people perish. So there's just about five or six quotes on vision for you. But, I mean, Joy has it. She's so clear. She had this, when she took over that high school, she had a picture of what she wanted high school to look like, and she knew that the only person who could really communicate it and implement it and do it was her. That she had already grown that K-8 school that had, you know, a 1,000 students in it, and they were improving. And, but she had to get that high school ready for those first 100 students. She had such clear vision. She, and, you know, vision is where you're, where you're going, the end result. Now, your values, the value statement defines what the organization believes in and how people in the organization are expected to behave. You see, a paper bag won't stand alone, right? It needs to be filled with something in order for it to stand up. You know, people are no different. You know, people need to fill themselves with good values. That's what gets you standing up, right? If you don't have good values, you're just kind of blowing around. <laughs> when you're 100% clear on where you're going and how you behave, then and only then can you actually hold people accountable. Right? Because if I haven't communicated my expectations based upon my vision, I certainly can't ask you to. I can't tell you that you did something wrong because you don't know, right? Any expectation not communicated is merely a thought. So joy, so the, so, the, so the core values, the values of the community school of Davidson are, are from the basic school model. So the first one is the school as a community. And this is right on their website. If you want to go to, um, you, you just Google community school of Davidson. I think it's csd.org. But the school is a community that has a shared vision to promote learning and where teachers and leaders and parents are partners. Now, if you walk around this school now, pre-COVID, you would find volunteers. I mean, everywhere. The school is always buzzing with activity, and the teachers are leaders, and the kids are involved. I mean, the students are involved in the hiring process for the teachers and the principal. I mean, it's amazing, this community that they have built. And then they also go outside. There's lots of service learning uh, projects happening. It's part of the non-negotiables and the graduations of what they have. I mean, they are, they are in tune to the community. The second was curriculum with coherence. And the curriculum incorporates core commonalities or universal experiences shared by all people. Curriculum and coherence, that's her second core value. The third is a climate for learning. And in order to promote an optimal learning climate, class sizes are small, teaching schedules are flexible, and student grouping arrangements are varied. You may see a class of 30 and you might see a class of three at Community School of Davis. It doesn't matter because it's not about money. It's about learning. 
you know, a lot of times in the, you know, uh, charter school world, it's like, you got to have this many kids in your school and this many kids in your class, otherwise you're not going to be viable. Well, all that's garbage, right? True great leaders create mission and values-based budgets. And their mission and their purpose and their values are like their son. Everything revolves around it. It's their purpose. Everything gets filtered through that. That's a critical part here of their core value, the climate for learning. And last one is a com commitment to character. And it says, core virtues are taught by both word and deed and are woven into everyday classroom experiences. Students are taught to live with a purpose and are encouraged to apply these lessons learned through curriculum, school climate and service to the world around them. So boom, how are your core values? Do you have adopted core values? If not, email me. I've got a whole values, you know, kit that, that you know you can use. Email me at tom at lbleaders.com. Just put vision and values in the subject line and I'll send them right over to you. Because if you know, and again, if you're not clear of where you're going and you're not clear about how we will uh, behave, I'm not sure how strong your culture is going to be. And so in order to do that, that creates accountability, right? Because now I have clarity, clarity in what I want to see and clarity how I want everybody to act, right? Because culture is the, is, the, is the combined actions of the human beings inside of it. And the key, then you can create accountability. The key to embracing accountability is entering the uh, danger. And Joy is great at this, entering the danger. I mean, this is where she, this is where she really, really um, thrives as a leader. Again, not about being right. It's about getting it right. So this means being willing, being willing to step right into the middle of a difficult issue and remind individual team members of their responsibility, both in terms of behavior and results. You got to step in. You got to lean in, right? You got to lean in. So three statements on accountability by John Maxwell. One, I will never reach my full potential without being accountable. And I've heard Joy say it a hundred times. If I ever try to be more important than Community School of Davidson, then that's the last day that Joy Warner will work here. <laughs> There's just, no one is more important than your organization as a whole. Number two, I will never arrive at a position where I don't need to be accountable. Because accountability is about counting on somebody. I can count on you. That's what that's what accountability means. It's not an ugly, nasty word. I think we've turned it to learn and you know we've turned it into an ugly word in education and the last one is that I'm I'm going to always be better because I am accountable I'm always going to be better because I'm accountable because yeah because because people people can count on me so there's one great uh, poem here that Joy introduced me to and I have it, I actually have her copy of it, and it, it hangs on my wall in my, um, in my garage. So every time that I walk through the door at my house, no matter what the situation was that day, I get to read this incredible poem written by Theodore Roosevelt called Man in the Arena. And so I'll never forget the first time that I heard this. Joy, it was during a Fresh Take conference, and, and Joy was having some, you know, she was having some tough times, right? She was, you know, going through some things, and and some growing pains as an organization. And, you know, when you're at the top, a lot of people try to pull you down, you know. And then she was, you know, she was handed to this. I think, uh, you know, I believe the story is that her you know, husband had uh, provided her a copy of it. And the poem goes like this, if you haven't read it. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again. But there is no effort with that error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great, great, great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring 
greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I'm so honored to know Joy Warner. Joy has taught me so much, and I hope she continues to be my mentor, my informal mentor. I'll never for, uh, you know, forget that first day that I met her. And um, I'm just really honored to be able to continue to learn from her. And I know that all of the, all the teachers that have worked for her and the kids that have been part of Community School of Davidson, um, they're just going to continue to just remember her uh, as that person of influence who always, who always inspired me to be my best, always inspired me to declare noble intent, and always inspired me to build relationships with those who needed a friend. So thanks, Joy. I hope this added value to everybody. Uh, I, hope, I hope you enjoyed this lesson. If you did enjoy it, share it out with somebody. Make sure you uh, subscribe and um, leave any comments of anything that we said that you really liked. And uh, I'm Dr. Tom Miller. I'm raising your awareness. Bye-bye, everyone. Hey, podcast listeners, there's one thing I know for sure. It's everything rises and falls with leadership. And one of the challenges right now is time. We don't have a lot of time to, to grow ourselves and grow our teams. That's why we created the leadership program, School Leadership Made Real Simple. In the School Leadership Made Real Simple program, it's online, on-demand learning lessons that are built for the everyday principal, teacher leader, school administrator, and they're going to take your team to the next level. So go right now. Go to schoolleadershipmaderealsimple.com and find out how you can start to build uh, groups of vision carriers and vision casters into every corridor of your school by developing the leaders around you. Go there now. Schoolleadershipmaderealsimple.com. We've got great opportunities for you to get discounts on your team's leadership uh, development today. Thanks.